Let's face it, getting older sucks. Getting older in the age of social media is even worse. Do you hate it when people tell you to age gracefully? Do you want to know how to live your best life at any age? Well, so do we. First rule, don't call me ma'am. Now, here's Jody Miller. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Jody Miller, Don't Call Me Ma'am. I'm being joined today by a very, very good friend of mine who has a last name that I'm not allowed to use, but her real last name is... Well, it's Mansueto, but... But Abel is my uh, maiden name. Oh. A-U-B-L-E. Oh, okay, great. So then Heather Abel, everybody. Woo! (laughs) Hi. Oh, my God. I love you. You're amazing. (laughs) Um, We met, I think it's been like two years now, right? Yes. We met two years ago by a mutual friend at a birthday party. Um, And Heather uh, used to be a producer at MTV, but now is is a psychic, medium, life coach, Yes, a spiritual advisor. I spiritual prefer. advisor. Okay, great. Spiritual advisor. Yes, um, I want to make sure that everybody uh, is introduced. They want to be introduced. Um, so, yeah, she has advised me many, many times. She is brilliant. I can't say enough amazing things about you. You blew my mind the very first time I ever met you, just not only because you're beautiful and amazing and hilarious, but just in the middle of brunch, she told me that my dead mom was standing behind me. So when do you get to hear that, everyone? Um, it was, it, but to me, it was the most comforting thing anybody has ever said to me. So, well, Marsha rides along with us every time we get together. I know she does. I mean, it's already starting. You have the chills. It's already starting. It's amazing. She's already coming. She would love you. So uh, I break out in chills every time Spirit arrives, and you see that. I'm starting to break out in chills. I love it. That's mom. See? Do you see? I do see. Yeah. That is my mom. What else could it be? It's not cold in here. I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) She sweats everyone. But that's that's your mom. Feel it. Let me feel. Feel. Feel mommy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I love that when she's here. She's uh, never probably she never listened to a podcast, so uh, she's probably like, "What are you doing?" She's definitely judging me right now. Uh, just so me? everyone knows, no, my mom's judging me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> please! <laughs> in life, in death, I mean, oh my god! Every time I talk about her, I never talked about her. What's funny is I never talked about her when she was alive on stage. I always talked about my dad. I didn't talk about her. So now I talk about her in death, and I think she really likes it. I bet. It's great. So uh, let's talk about you because you are fucking fabulous. You no. are one of the women in my life that I look at and I'm like, she's fabulous. She looks amazing. We're the same age. Yeah. Well, you look younger than me. So mm, I was just going to say you look younger <laughs> than me. Um, but I mean, this is this definitely a show for a lot of women out there that unfortunately go onto social media, turn on their television and play the com- <clears throat> the compare and despair game, constantly searching through the feed. I honestly try never to look through Instagram because it will it will just make me so sad <laughs> to look at, like, it's not just like, oh, they're living such a better life. Sometimes I just feel sad that some pe- some people have to post things to make others think they're living such an amazing life. Like, it's such a thirsty type of, like, post sometimes. What, do you, what are your thoughts about as you get older, like, living in the age of social media? Uh, firstly, it's completely bizarre to me because I, I don't get it. I don't get the, I only joined Instagram a year ago. Oh, wow. Really? Less than, or less than a year ago. Oh, wow. Because. Why didn't you join before? Because 
I just, and same with Facebook. I joined very, very late because I don't, I feel like I don't want people looking at my, can I curse or no? Yeah, of course. I don't want people looking at my shit. Yeah. I don't want people knowing about my shit. Right. And I still don't post my husband. There's like maybe oh. two pictures. Of, why is your mom coming back? <laughs> she's, she's like right here again. I'm sorry. Wow. Anyway, but, but um, I don't like uh, people knowing my business. Right. I feel like everyone can see your business. Yeah. And then technologically, I'm retarded. And I, <laughs> I, I say that with the most love. I don't mean it in, in a, I, that word is terrible, but I just mean I honestly am very, very technologically uh, not Not good. savvy. Not yes. very well. <laughs> right. Not, not that well sounded good. That sounded, <laughs> sounded retarded. Uh, no offense. Settle down, everyone. But when you speak of of look, so I'm with you on the latter. You said there were two reasons you 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 get upset at looking at the social right, media. Right, right, right. So for me, I think it is really sad. People saying, you know, look at my riches, look at my beauty, look at my filtered face, right? You know, all of this stuff. Uh, it's very sad because when we were growing up, I have this meme that I love. Right. And it says it's got this kid. He's like about 10 years old and he's drinking a beer. <laughs> and it says, fuck you all unless you grew up in the 80s or something like this. Because it's like, you know, <laughs> it, growing up in the 80s, we were drinking beers at 10. and we were, <laughs> Who was drinking beers at 10? <laughs> I wasn't. But, were you? <laughs> no? No? Were you? We were. We <laughs> Uh, I I was definitely not drinking. No, but you That's know what, what I, I mean. do. I know what you mean. It yes. was a lot tougher. We yes. were tougher, and we didn't have all of this. It seems like privilege, and then sadly, the privilege is still for the wealthy, and then you have the poor kids trying to keep up with the right. wealthy at what cost? Right. And then we, as adults, are still poor kids trying to keep up with the wealthy right. at what cost? Right. And and we are spending all our money and our, our 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 sanity and everything else trying to get an Hermes bag or this or that and look right. like the Kardashians or whatever the fuck is is hip right now. Right. It's it's hor- horrific. I think it's totally it's. It's funny, so many even you know I I definitely went through a midlife crisis. I'm probably still going through it now, and I know people that are younger that are in their 20s that are going through a quarter life crisis. And I love when they say that when they're like, I'm in my 20s and I don't know what to do with my life. And I'm like, I fucking hate you and your ta- your tight face. But um, but then I look at my dad who's 75. I'm not kidding you. Is going through like a three quarter life crisis. Like my dad will go on. Instagram and Facebook and compare himself to my uncles or his brothers. Like it never ends. I think it was so much easier to get older when when we were younger and there wasn't social media in your face constantly all the time. It changes everything about what you do. But having said that, you know, for me, it's it's an important part of what I do as a comedian, as a performer, is to be on social media, you know, you know what I mean? And promote my stuff and it's 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 just exhausting though. It's like I just don't want to. You're right. I don't want everyone to know all of my shit. I want them to know some of my shit. I also don't want to come across as like, look at me. But like when I bought my house, my first house, huge life moment, and I wanted to share it with everyone. I didn't want to rub it in anyone's face. I wanted to say, look, I worked really fucking hard for this, and I achieved this. And but having said that, I also am at an age where. I think, God, I should have been able to do this, you know, 10 years ago. It's, 
My brain does that a lot. house? You know how hard that is? In Los Angeles, but, you know, all of my friends back east, they've had several houses. You know what I mean? It's L.A. living. It's, I look at my life sometimes and I think, I I should have been further along. I should be further along in my life. And I'm not. And I'm aging out of it. I'm aging out of everything. And, and I'm, I'm a man. That's what it comes down to. But that's an epidemic of thought. Yeah. And and for me, what I teach. Yes, yes. I hate to think of myself as a teacher or a preacher, but it's like the things I help instill in my clients' minds is that, you know, it's all in our heads, right? right? So I I, I think a little differently. Okay. And and it's, it's due to years and years and years of practice and still I have tons of thoughts that are self-defeating however it's 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 like um the power of the mind right the power of thought right quantum physics positive thought right yes. so w- what I did was I began do you want to hear all this yes shit, or are I we do gonna no talk about no we're gonna talk about other stuff but I want to hear about this all right well I'll make it brief no no, no tell but as far as, you know, I, I give people a psychic reading when they come to me. Right. And then they always want more. And I say, look, come back in six months. Because what's going to happen in six months? Usually not much. Right. right? So uh, I say, you know, I deter that because I don't want to take their money. But if they happen to have enough money, which I always make sure, because I don't want people spilling all their money into right. me if they don't have it. Right. That being said, uh, I have this eight-week program. And uh, it teaches you how to manage your thoughts. It's all about managing your thoughts, right? Yes. So when you have a thought, a self-defeating thought, mine is always, I'm fat. That's the one I can never get rid of, That's right? That's what you say? Like oh every woman in the world, right? So I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. The F word. So <laughs> when I have that thought, I will say uh, that you have to erase the thought. So it's all it's kind of like cognitive therapy, quantum physics, positive thought, right? right. So you want to say to yourself when you have a negative thought, you want to say uh, my mantra is cancel, clear, delete, which I, I taught that. you. Yes, I love that. Yes, so you say cancel, clear, delete on the I'm fat. And then you say immediately the counter thought, which is positive. So I have one that I made up, which is I love my beautiful, sexy, slender body. I bless my body with love. And that's very similar to Louise Hay, which yes. uh, she sort of invented all the. She didn't invent it, but she she came out with a really magical book called You Can Heal Your Life, which is the basics, right? Right. So if any of you out there want to get the basics, get You Can Heal Your Life, that'll kind of tell you what's up with all the affirmation stuff. She's great. She's amazing. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, so you say cancel, clear, delete on the negative, and then you say the positive thought. And what happens, I started at 23 with this sort of mind-fucking myself, right? (laughs) Who doesn't love a good (laughs) mind-fuck? And so these days, the thoughts come organically. And so what happens is you start to organically feel positive and organically tell you yourself the things that that you want to feel and, and, and you become more positive. You don't have headaches anymore. You don't get in car crashes anymore. Right. All the things you want in this world are manifested and, and pulled toward you because you're energetically telling the universe, I am worthy of abundance. And so the universe says, 
cool, I'm going to give you some cash. I'm going to give you some abundance. I'm going to give you some love. I'm going to give you a better looking body. I'm going to do all these things for you because you're putting out that message. Right. It's it's scientific. It's energy, right? And people preach this all the time. So I'm probably saying things to people that they that 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 are, are redundant. However, the key is believing. That's the key. That's the key. You, you have to believe what you're saying to yourself. So I'm going to speak for, I'm sure, a lot of people out there that are listening to that because I've had this thought over and over and over again. And I have done that and I have read the books and I have, you know, practiced those practices. And definitely my, I've mind fucked myself into a better place in life for sure. But, I mean, what about the people right now that are saying, I do. I do believe. I really do believe. And nothing's happening. Why is nothing happening? I do believe. Okay. So it's steadfast, one-pointed intention. So when I say that, I mean you can't for once doubt, right? right. So for example, I had my dog stolen. This is this, is this oh whole saga. Not, not this one, but the oh. last one, Luna. So Luna was stolen. And everyone around me told me I was not getting this dog back. And this dog was the best dog in the world, just like everyone else's dog is the best dog in the Who world. Who is stealing a dog, first of all? These people were crazy. They were like <laughs> grifters, these Hollywood grifters, right? And they lived up in Orange, in uh, Griffith Park. And so they stole, they also stole Quincy Jones's dog, okay? Oh, wow. Good company. <laughs> They're like, we're taking hers and Quincy Jones's. Let's go. <laughs> but so anyway, uh, it, it, they stole her on the the f- full moon. Her name was Luna, and then returned on the new moon, which was kind of cosmic, right? So they returned the dog. Well, I got, got her back, back through steadfast, one pointed intention, not once ever doubting. So it's it's important to never doubt. So it's your subconscious. You have to be in tune with your subconscious completely because your subconscious could be telling you these self-defeating thoughts. When you are saying to yourself, I'm I'm wealthy, I'm full of abundance, I, I'm infinitely wealthy and debt-free, but your subconscious is saying, my phone bill's due. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? And I don't have enough for my phone bill. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? No, you relax. You relax into the fact that you're infinitely wealthy and debt free and the money comes. That no I love all of that. I'm honestly wondering and I think I've always had this thought. It's amazing, you know, the power of thought. But it seems to only work in one way. <laughs> like you can have all of these positive thoughts all day long and then you have that one negative thought and for some reason that's the thought that sticks you know what I mean compared to the other way where you're just like I'm fat I'm poor I'm broke I'm unpopular like all day long and then you have that one positive thought why does it like I'm just wondering why it works that way because here's the thing it's almost impossible and that's why I love your mantra it's almost impossible impossible to go through every day only thinking positive thoughts it's like and people say that they they only think positive so- thoughts all day to me I just don't believe oh my God. it's impossible it's no, just that's ridiculous. it's not real you're that's not a real person so it's so hard sometimes when you are genuinely having such a great day and one negative thought pops in your head and that's the thought that manifests that thing I'm just it's just to me a little it's it mind fucks me in that way you know what I mean instead of you know what I mean like it's it's hard too because it's a spiral once you're having a bad day it's really hard to get out of that spiral you know what I mean to come around and start feeling positive again 
That's a, a wonderful point. That's a huge point, the spiral. So I suffer from deep, dark depression. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So my whole life, since I was five years old, I remember getting super dark. And wow. so that's how I got into this stuff was to combat my depression. And I've been abused and I've had, you know, tremendous struggles in life. And we were so poor, we didn't have running water or we didn't have uh, food on the table. We didn't have any sort of um, electricity. We had kerosene lamps. I mean, oh we, we struggled like hell, right? So the whole my whole life, you know, poor me, whatever. But I, I mean, I've always been very depressed. So that's how I got into this because I was like, I don't want to be strung out on medication. I don't... Right. One, you know, so I got into this, the, the, the power of the mind. And also because I'm uh, clairvoyant and, yeah. and all this, I was like really getting into the mind and the science of mind. Because more than, oh, angels are guiding me. I want to know what's up with this shit. Like, why? how do I know what I know? And how right. do I get these signals? And, you know, so I really got into the mind. Right. So to speak to what you're saying, yes, we get dark. But the, 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 the key is to not spiral. So you get dark. But then you catch it and you don't spiral. Right. That's the key. Because I still get dark. Are you kidding? Of course. And, right. and, 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 and also in Buddhism, we say sit with the pain. Right. So in order to process, you need to like, like I used to I remember when I dated, if I were to break up with someone, it, it would be so devastating. And, and you, you kind of like that pain is real and raw yes. and intense. And you you need to sit with that. Yeah. And honor that and go through it. Go through it. Because a lot of people don't. Yes. A lot of people will immediately jump into another relationship. I have a lot of friends that are serial monogamous that I've never known. To be, I've never known them to be single. It is literally like one right after the other because they do not, they they can't deal with the pain. In fact, I had one friend, we were arguing in a hotel room in Vegas because that's where all arguments happen, in a <laughs> hotel in Vegas, usually while you're drunk, and we were. And I was yelling at her because she had just gotten out of a three-year relationship and was already, I mean, seeing someone. I, I don't even think it had been a week, but I was... This person wasn't great for her. He wasn't a terrible person, but I was like, I just, why can't you just be single? Be, and she, we were screaming at each other because that's what girls do when they're in their early 30s and they're wasted in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And she actually just yelled something that sort of stopped it. She's like, I don't want to be alone. And it was real and it was raw and I heard it. And I said, I don't fucking want to be alone either, but I also don't want to be with just anyone because I don't want to be alone. And she's like, well, I do. She couldn't, I mean, married now. She's married now to the right person. You'd think that maybe she would have met that the wrong person, but she actually did marry the right person. But I have other friends that didn't marry the right person. And I'm assuming even though me and them never had that conversation the way her and I did, they probably had the same thought. I don't want to be alone. And guess what? That thought made sure they never were alone. Now, I also have been single my whole life. You know, I'd like to be in a relationship. I feel like I'm obviously having other thoughts that are sort of canceling that out. But it's interesting to me when people don't sit through the pain, to your point, when they, they just fill that void immediately. Why do you say you have thoughts that are canceling that out? Why don't you believe or I believe that you are an independent woman who is not settling? 
I believe that too. I believe that was my mom. That's probably why my mom came through. My mom took me uh, to get a custom-made prom dress in Jersey because fuck yeah, she did. <laughs> fuck yeah, guys. And you can look at some of those pictures and it was hot and my hair was in a banana clip and it was a big deal. <laughs> so she took me, I remember we went from fucking like store to store in Jersey just like fucking hitting those malls and those stores and, you know, there was a lot of great ones that, you know, it was the fucking 80s so they were like huge and pink and, all, you know, huge shoulders and like lace gloves and it was like I was on and everyone I tried on I mean it was a rack of them and I was like I didn't love any one of them and I just remember my mom looking at me and my mom was not a very positive person she had a very pessimistic view on life she suffered from depression but when it came to me she had a lot of great advice and she just goes no we're not settling you never settle she I, she meant buying things I don't think she meant a bit I honestly took that internalized it and you're right I never mm -hmm. fucking settled mm -hmm. and now I'm in my 40s and I mouth kiss my cat so does it work <laughs> yes to a point I mean I'm not gonna settle I mean I just won't settle I mean I'm, I just can't I just will never be with someone for the wrong reason it just won't happen unfortunately I'm I'm either with someone that's not good for me because you know I feel like I don't even know I, I think that's maybe why I feel like I still have some self-sabotaging uh, elements about that 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 are that I haven't been able to delete and clear yet. You know what I mean? I mean maybe, but I know you well. Yeah, you do. I, I think you have you've evolved so much, and you have so you've got it going on. And I believe this man is coming soon. I predict, and we've spoken. Yeah, on we have. That. Yes. So I mean, cancel, clear, delete on cancel, that. clear, delete everyone. And may I say something about your friends in Vegas when you say they can't be alone? Right. Well, they said they didn't want to. They be didn't alone. want to be but alone. But in my but, opinion, I was like, they they can't be. They don't know how to be alone. But here's the thing. They're deeply alone. Yeah, you're right. That's a good so, point. So the thing is, is you are alone but not lonely. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. When we can be alone but not lonely, you see? Yeah. So you're happy alone. Right. I love being alone. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'm like, oh, God, I'm in heaven right now and doing my thing. Right. And that's when you know you're you're self-aware or you're sure you're you're happy within yourself right you're not scared of the monsters when yeah. you're scared of the monsters you grasp for a boyfriend you grasp for a booze you grasp for things that fill you up you see right. i i haven't had sex in a year so i'll take anything that'll fill me up at this point <laughs> <laughs> sorry dad uh i'm just kidding i'm, I'm a virgin um but seriously that is the thought that i had the other night i was like Fuck, I haven't had sex in a year. Like, in a year. I mean, that's a long time. But I think women are different in this respect. I mean, except when you're in your, in your, in your early 30s, women hit their sexual prime. So all the women out there that want to fuck anything, we get it. Like, I've been there. I remember <laughs> being like, I'll fuck that homeless guy right now. Like, I don't care. But, like, then, you know, you move past that a little bit. And then for women, like, after I don't have sex for a while, it, it cut that urge goes away like I just I forget I'm like oh I should I should do something to get myself off just so it's still there like I don't remember I it's been a while is that sad does the urge go away I mean I feel every day like a frat boy or something well I'm jealous I'm like seriously <laughs> like I'm just like I mean I'm sure once I fuck someone again I'll be like oh there it is but for me after a while you're also married like I feel like if it's after like I'm talking like after six months it kind of just goes like I don't feel it like I mean, I'll look at a guy and be like, it's hot for sure. But like, 
when you haven't even like really fooled around with anyone, it kind of like it sort of shuts down. It shuts down because you have other shit to do. So you're not, you know what I mean? Because trust me, I could obviously have stayed in what I was in prior, you know what I mean? Which is just meaningless sex, you know what I mean? Do you take care of yourself? Oh, I, I take care of myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I already did it. I masturbated <laughs> in my house for the first time. Right before my the new show. House. I christened it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do that. It's like saging and masturbating. It's all, you know what I mean? Everybody knows. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Please. Sorry, Mom. That's what I advise my clients to do. Up. Sage and masturbate. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be such a great book. Sage and masturbate. Oh, my God. Right? Clear the energy. We should write that together. Sage and masturbate. Who wouldn't buy that? Just for the fucking title alone. Like, right. you have people over and it's just sitting on your coffee table. It's just like, a sage and masturbate. You're going to pick up that book. It was my old singing duo. <laughs> it does sound like a group in, like, Silver Lake that's playing on the week. Hey, guys, you want to go see Sage and masturbate? Absolutely. <laughs> but Sage is obviously the lead singer's name. Yeah, I masturbated her a little. It's like the the Sunny and Cher. Oh my God, sunny, Sage and masturbate. masturbate. Oh my God, that's <laughs> brilliant. Uh, all right, let's talk about children. You have no children. No. You and I have talked about this before. I uh, I tried to get pregnant for a year out of my life, and I was. And here's the thing about that. I was convinced with childlike optimism that I would get pregnant. And I use childlike optimism because when you're a child, you think everything's possible. Mm. And I, I swore to God, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get pregnant. Like, I remember seeing my fertility doctor for the first time. We did the first round of tests. He was like, you should totally, this shouldn't be a problem. I didn't have to do IVF. I was going to do IUI, which is in the utero, guys. So it's less expensive and less invasive. But, you know, he thought it would be fine. It was a full year and thousands of dollars because then eventually it got a little bit more complicated and we had to start taking hormones and stuff like that. I, I picked a great fucking sperm donor, too, like this fucking Irish-Italian like guy. I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be like, my baby's going to be loud and drunk. It's going to be awesome. But with all the Jewish guilt that I'm going to pass down, like this baby's fucked. But I was so, and I was so excited. I mean, I was in therapy. I was talking about it. I was just really excited to be a mom. I think I thought in my in my in my brain, I was like, well, there are two great loves a person experiences, the love of a partner and a love of a child. And I can't predict when I'm going to have a partner, when that's going to happen. So I will have a child. I can have a little bit of control over that. And I didn't get pregnant. And it was very weird for me. And then I got on America's Got Talent. So I stopped the procedure. I stopped the, I stopped going because I wanted to lose the weight that the hormones have put on. And, and then I went on a military tour. And when I came back... Every, my body changed. My body chemistry had changed. So he was like, we can take more extreme methods, you know, or we can wait. And I was like, let's just wait. I'm exhausted. I just needed a moment. And now it's like, that's not an option anymore for me. And you and I have talked about it, but I think there are a lot of women out there that I know that I've met that, and lots that I haven't that have had to mourn the loss of not having their own uh, child, biological child. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm still sort of mourning it, you know, when we have a good friend who's due soon. Mm -hmm. And I love her. We went to the same fertility doctor a long time ago before when she tried earlier. Um, and I couldn't be more happy for her. But I'm going to lie if I, if I say there's not a twinge of, like, sadness mm -hmm. that it that it didn't happen for me, that I couldn't 
And and I am so open to adoption, so open to it. Mm-hmm. But I also really wanted to experience childbirth. And I'm so awesome. I wanted to pass all these fucking genes down yeah. to that child. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's like I, I just I wanted to do that. And it's and it's been a, a morning. And uh, and you and I have talked about it. So I, I'm curious to know how you feel about all that now. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, I think your feelings are completely valid. I mean, it's a very devastating thing to go through. Very, right. very sad, you know, yeah. and I'm sorry. No, and and it's you. almost like I feel like saying I'm sorry for your loss, you know. Um, it is kind of a loss. I believe it that, is, yeah. Because, you, and especially when you get so uh, excited or, or, you know, you're anticipating that it's going to happen, especially right. when the doctor says you can I mean, right. that's so fucking hard, Jody. You and you and you do not have kids. Did you want kids when you were younger? So when you... my story's kind of long, but I'll, again, I'll make it short. <laughs> I'm like, I can talk for another hour. Um, but anyway, so uh, no kids. Uh, I w- I'm an abused child, so I was like deeply and horrifically abused as a child. Oh. And so I decided I wanted to have my childhood in my adult life. So I said, why do I want to have kids? Because it's going to rob me of my childhood. So I'm very immature. I think you know as my friend that I'm pretty childish. You're not immature. (laughs) No, you have the best kind of childish where you enjoy having fun, but you're also an adult and you don't make ridiculous decisions in your life and you're responsible. So that's, you know know what I mean? But like, Uh, I would never look at you and be like, she's so immature. I'm like, you're super fun. Okay. Well, okay. So I I do things like, I, you know, I, I started this theory like uh, in college. I said, I'm going to be a, a child as an adult. So I started eating cereal for breakfast. Today I had an ice cream sundae for breakfast. That's, that's the weight problem. <laughs> <laughs> but are you saying your affirmations while you're yes, eating yes, that I ice cream? Yes, I love my body. I love, I love my, my slender body. <laughs> body as you're like putting a full scoop of ice cream in here. But like I just have fun is my mantra. So I, right. I make sure every day is like a blast right so how can I do that when I have two kids I mean everybody out there with kids is going to say you're wrong you know I have kids and I still have a blast I mean okay fine whatever but I'm just (laughs) like you got to put them in the car you got to get them dressed you got to do this you got to do that so I wasn't really into the responsibility factor right I understand that and so uh then sadly this year and then uh this current husband my current husband had a daughter she committed suicide at 16 and that's right when we got together and so for us to go and have another kid or think of adopting or any of this was really really tender and really difficult so so we we decided not to right cut to this year uh at, at, at my age i got pregnant which is almost impossible and i was at target i had this premonition that i was pregnant and so i bought a pregnancy test. And that night I took the pregnancy test and sure enough, I was pregnant. And I told my husband, I said, I'm pregnant. He said, go back to sleep. You're crazy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So the next morning I said, I'm pregnant. Uh, So we, we decided, you know, we were kind of excited. We were, we were into it. We decided to go forward. Right. And then uh, it it just turned out that it, it wasn't, going to be healthy and, you know, things like this. And so I I had to abort and it was horrific and so devastating and so sad. And just to be in that space like you where you're expecting 
a child. I can't even imagine, and I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you. And, you know, all this stuff with Trump and the abortions and everything, I'm just, you know, it's like <laughs> you're kind of going, oh, my God, it's so wrong. But that's political, and that's another story. But I just, uh, it was horrific. And, and then, um, you know, when our friend told, told me that she were, was pregnant, right. I actually bawled my eyes out. And oh. I, I thought, um, you know, I'm super happy for it, too. But it's like, you know, that stuff hits you. It hits you. It hits you really yeah. hard. And then also to think I'm going to go through this life and never see that or know that feeling. Know that feeling. Yeah. I it's, know. It's, it's, I feel it's the intense. exact same way. It's intense. It's really intense. And there's like a lot of... I don't have any other friends that... I have friends that are younger that don't have kids. I don't have any friends that are, you know, my age that are, you know, married that right. don't have kids. Um some have, you know, stepkids and, you know, their own children or, you know, either way, they're a mother. And I still want that. I don't not want that. I still want to do that. This buying a house was the first step into, you know, fostering to adopt and to you be a mom. You have a little boy, a little son. Sorry to cut you off. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for saying that because I'm going to take one. I'm just going to take one. Yeah. I'll just take it, right? Yeah. Just when I see it. Heather told me I was going to have a little boy. Get over here. Just <laughs> That's totally fine, right? Um, but it is really sad, and I didn't have anyone. And we talked about that that one time at your house, and I yeah, it's that weird. Because, you know, you and I came from two totally different places. You were like, I don't need children. I'm not going to have children. That's right. not what I'm looking for. I was like, I can't wait to one day be a mother. In fact, I think I always... I don't, I'm not that girl that always planned a huge wedding. I've always seen myself with someone sharing my life with them. I've always wanted that partner, that life partner, whether he's my husband or just my partner. But I've always saw myself being a mother. And when you realize that's not going to happen the way you thought it was going to happen. And sometimes it, that's the way it's supposed to be. Do you know what I mean? I get it. But it, it doesn't doesn't hurt any less is what I'm trying to say. So can we talk about you said I've never envision myself a wife or what did no you i said I, i've never uh, i never i was never that girl that planned huge weddings so start planning a huge wedding i don't know if i actually want like a huge wedding i think that's why i never planned it what kind of wedding do you want i want a wedding on a vineyard with like you know close friends and family probably you know 50 60 people uh not nothing big i've never i just never you know when little girls were like oh i want the huge white gown i mean i definitely envision a gown because i fucking can rock a gown everyone baby, baby, um, i'm rocking that gown um but i never really had that like fairy tale wedding in my head for some reason but i definitely always saw myself with someone so yes, yes. does that make sense you know what i mean my point is I had uh, my hairdresser. She mm -hmm. she always wanted to be engaged. Right. And she said, and I said, well, well, how do you imagine your wedding? How do you imagine the engagement? She said, well, I never imagined that. Oh. Ooh. And I said, well, you have to imagine it if you want it to happen. Yeah. Right. So I gave her this fake wedding ring and I said, wear this, you know, don't show your fiance, but wear this around and start imagining. Right. What it is. I shit you not. The next week she comes to me engaged. Somebody get me a fucking fake <laughs> ring right now. I Take mean, that's off. Give that's a me. little Give me that fucking ring. That's a little over the top, but it did happen. You know. Um, all right. Well. So she started imagining. All right, I'm gonna start imagining. But you are imagining. I am. I mean, I'm imagining like sharing my life now. You know, with someone in the new house, and you know, there's a thought that always pops up. Like I'm gonna meet someone, and he's gonna 
and have a lot of money in a bigger house, and then I'm going to have to sell this new house that I just got that I love. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Look at others like, yeah, fucking do get it. it. Get do that it. shit. Imagine it all. I know, imagine all of it. That's the thing. No limits on your dreaming. Right. That's Pe- true. I hate when people say, like, you're too big of a dreamer. You're such a dreamer. Oh, I hate that. People used to say that to me all the time. My favorite line is from Spinal Tap, and it's at the end. And I think it's the St. Hubbard's whatever character. He, and they say, what would you be if you weren't a rock star? And he says, a full-time dreamer, I suppose. Oh, that's a great line. Yeah. That's the thing. I've never thought about being anything other than I am. And it's interesting because people are—I'm sometimes envious of people that don't know what they want to do— like, I've always known that I wanted to be a performer. It's not even a comedian. I just, it's just a performer, always. And a lot of times it's like a blessing and a curse. Because even if I had those thoughts like, oh, I should just leave and get a normal job. I'm really good at sales. I could do this. I could own a bar. I can't. I just can't. Like, I just, this is what I was supposed to do. So it's, you know, there were a lot of years of, you know, eating turkey hot dogs and stuff like that. What they're good. So what about you, though? You So you were a producer for 20 years, right? Uh, 16. Nicole, hold on there, Jody. <laughs> 16 was long enough. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm You're 20. like, hold on, not 20. Um, no, did you I'm like being kidding. a producer? I hated it. Why did you hate it? I hated it. <laughs> um, it. It was, well, I was a casting director. Oh. So ugh. I had to cast all these kids for reality. Oh, kids. Wow. Well, they're not kids. They were people. Oh. My, they were my age at the time, but now I look back and they were oh, kids. Oh, no, like kids. You see oh. what I'm saying? I was a kid, okay. but like 20-year-olds. Right. But um, for reality shows, like oh. like Flavor of Love. Oh, my God. Or like you guys shows like this. Love? So wow. they were like really not great shows, and right. I'm not of that vibration so it was like kind of odd for me right right yeah and then um I just it wasn't for me and I'm also a little lazy so it was like the days are like what 12 hours 15 hours six days a week you know I mean now I work like two hours a day you know what I'm saying oh my god are you okay No, I'm I'm teasing, but I choose my hours. Yeah, you do choose choose my life. Yes, of course. And it's beautiful. That is a beautiful. And I love doing what I do. So now that leads me into, uh, how did you know that? I mean, and you should, and I'm sure you already know that. I'm sure there are people that will listen to this, and some people are skeptics that don't believe Mm -hmm. in this. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm sure you've encountered many of them throughout your life. Yeah. Like, what is your response to that when someone's like, that's a crock, that doesn't mean anything, you know what I mean? All that stuff, astrology, everything, all that, you know, communicating with the dead, all that. It's not real. Like, what is your go-to response to that? Um, I don't really care. I mean... (laughs) The best. The best. (laughs) I I honor that in someone else. I get it. For, For me, at times, I don't even believe. Right. Right? So... My, I have a little story, yeah. but my grandmother, uh, when she was on her deathbed, she was somewhat psychic. And no one else in my family has, has okay. the gift or the curse. I call it the gift <laughs> and the curse. <laughs> but she was um, dying and she grabbed me and she said, you know, Heather, I want to tell you it's all real. And she was seeing the other side. Oh, wow. And so she said, you know, just to give me like this validation of, of what I go through and all the visions I have and things like that, she said, it's all real. And that was the moment in my life when I thought, okay, I'm not crazy. How old were you? 35. 
So you had been experiencing these things throughout, like, your childhood, teen years. Like, when did you start realizing things seemed different or you could hear things or you could sense spirit? When, at, like, what age do you remember? I was five. So when I was five, I predicted the death of my grandmother. Oh, my God. I'm sure that made your family, probably freaked your family out. Oh, yeah. So it just, like, went from there. And then I went through high school as, like, this punk rock kid who was, like, all stressed out and, you know, acting out and doing drugs and all this stuff. Because my mind was, like, so going crazy. Wow. You know? So, and then then when I was a casting director, I would read people all the time. Right. And they would be freaked out. And then from there, I just parlayed into doing this professionally. And it's so wonderful. I love it so much. You're so good at it. Oh, thank you. But you're also just good at sort of reading people. I mean, I don't mean reading people like, you know, giving them a reading, but reading people and 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 kind of getting what they need to hear to help them move forward. Um, uh, I was talking about this earlier. Um, but like for some people that don't believe it, my whole philosophy is, yes, if you believe in it, great. If you don't, great. Mm-hmm. You can t- you should always even if you do do it like let somebody you go to a party and you meet someone you know what I mean that's giving readings. I look at it like if they put if they plant an idea in your head that is a positive idea, whether you believe it or not, you can actually take that and actually manifest it. Right. And there's nothing wrong about that. You know what I mean? It's like some people will be like, well, she said this and and that didn't happen. I mean, it's so it's it's kind of like I always look at it like because I know some people will actually like live their life based on what a spiritual advisor or a, a psychic told them. And I don't agree with that either. Like they said, I'm going to do this, so I have to. And it's like, hold on a second. Not everything they say is sometimes, you know, time is linear. Time is, you know what I mean? It's not happening right now. Like it's sort of like take it, listen to it. You know what I mean? If, you know, if you told me, God, I see you on stage, you know, let's say I wasn't a comic and you said, I see you on stage talking in front of people and people were listening to you and laughing. You know, I could take that and be like, I've always wanted to, like, try stand-up. Then all of a sudden I take a class and I get into stand-up and then and you sort of let, whether you saw that or you led me in that path. Either way, to me, it's like, it's a great, it's a great thing. It's, to me, I've always been a fan. I don't know. I feel like with psychics that I'm a, I try not to make excuses. I'm really direct with my predictions. Uh, you know, like I had a realtor, Dorothy. I said, you're going to sell your house on May 18th. She sold it on May 18th. I had these, this girl, uh, Bonnie, I said, you're going to meet your soulmate today. She went out and met her soulmate that day. I get really bold with my predictions and I, I'm not afraid to. And that's right. That's a good thing. And then, so I, 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 I'm hard on myself. I like people to ma- to not have to manifest things. Right. I like things to come out of my mouth and then happen for that person. Right. And so it, it's like for me, it's almost like a challenge. Right. It's like I get I get off on it. And my Instagram is like all these people explaining the things that manifested or happened. And I hate to even use the word manifest because it's like so exciting because they directly came true. Right. Right. Yeah. So I pride myself in that, which is like kind of ego based, which, of course, in 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 spirituality, you're not (laughs) supposed to have an ego, but we're human. So we have egos Uh, anyway. But um, so I feel like. Um, when psychics say, you know, well, the energy changed or this or that, it's kind of like, 
I don't know. Like, I, I always say, hey, I'm not right about everything. I'm right. not a computer. No, of course not. But I'm not going to say a cop-out line like, well, the energy changed and this yeah. shifted. I'm just going to say I'm not a computer. I don't know everything. I was wrong. Right. Of course. You I know? think that's the best thing. Because otherwise I'd be giving you lotto numbers. God, can you give me lotto numbers? <laughs> We're all waiting. You know, <laughs> I have some awesome hits, but there's some there's some awesome misses too. Well, you, know? you were right for me with a lot of things yeah. uh, where I was working, a, a lot of things that you've just pulled out and just been like, that's happening and it happened. And it's amazing when I hear that. Thank I've, you. I, and that's what, sorry, but no, that's what I yeah. cherish is, is, is I, I care deeply for my clients you do. and I want to help. And that's the point of being, a, I guess, a good psychic is you want to help and you care. Yeah. So. Yeah, because there are a lot of people out there that will. That I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of people in every industry that, you know, are not good at what they do or not for real. And they'll be like, I see someone in your life that's a man. Is there a man in your life? <laughs> and I see, did you have a father? <laughs> like, they'll just, I'll be like, yeah, it doesn't everyone had a father? She's like, okay. It's a father. Well, it's, it's fascinating if you research it. When I started getting asked to be on shows or people trying to make shows about me and all this bullshit, right. I, I said, okay, I'm going to start looking at other psychics. All right. And I researched other psychics because I've always been very uh, on my own, underground, but always right. to myself. And right. I never looked at other psychics, like TV psychics, whatever. Right. So I started looking at them and I started researching psychic ability. And there's, there's all these tricks they use. So there's like a, it's called the Barnum technique. Okay. And they they use ways of like, wording questions. Like the Barnum like circus, like Barnum the, and Bailey. Yeah, Barnum and Bailey. So yep. they use ways of wording questions, as which I can't remember right, right now. But they word questions in order to get you to give a response that it makes it so they're right either way. So, you see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. So they have that, and then they have like. Um, blanket statements. Right. They have like all this shit they do. Like me, I'm organic. I don't yeah. need, I just do my thing like super organic yeah. and I close my eyes and like it's just what I've done my whole life. Yeah. So it's like not a reading like you're used to. So people are always like, that's nothing like I'm used to. And I'm like, well, because I don't do the Barnum and Bailey and all this stuff, you know? Well, I think your readings match your personality and you're just upfront and straightforward, which I love about you. Thank you. And that's I think that's why people continue to go to you for advice and I mean and also just to hang out with you because you're super fun. You're super fun. No, she's super fun. Where's uh, the cocktails anyway? I know I didn't bring them. <laughs> I didn't bring them. I do want to talk about this because you and I had talked about it because I I recently went on a journey, uh, an MDMA journey. Amazing. And, and for those of you who are sitting out there thinking, oh, ecstasy, Molly, they. Ecstasy and Molly, uh, I'm sure, are great. I've never done either of them, and they're cut usually with something, some another drug. But MDMA is is pure, and they used to use it in the '60s for couples therapy, mm -hmm. and now it's being introduced again as a therapy technique, working with people with PTSD and people suffering from depression, along with ketamine, which is also used for that. Special K is the street name for that, but again, the purest type of it. Um, so I went on this amazing journey with, and I'm not talking about ayahuasca, which is also amazing, um, but this is a one-on-one -on -one with a therapist who, you know, you get to know over a few months, and then you are with them for like an eight-hour day while you're on it, 
and you're going over a lot of things that maybe subconsciously you've had blocks and it, you're coming from a place of love and you're opening. And it was it was definitely an amazing experience for me to do that, especially at this age, too, because I did not do it. It was not recreational. And it also I was getting I got sick several times throughout. And it was very interesting because the first time I, it was starting to you know take effect, I started feeling very nauseous and I ended up like just dry heaving. And then I felt great. But every time we talked about a difficult part of my life, I started getting sick. And she pointed out my body was actually fighting it, did not want to talk about it. But my brain wanted to. So that was such an amazing, an amazing experience. Cut to like uh, several months later, uh, I got some more and I did it with one of my closest friends of 20 years. And that was an even better experience because... When you do it with somebody, that's now I get why they used to use it for couples therapy, because when you're doing it with someone who's known you this long, there are things that you recognize about your friends that you're just like, you know, come on, you're making such a big mistake or, you know what I mean? Friends have those things. She was able to say things about me that she noticed in a loving way that I didn't feel defensive about, you know what I mean? And I was able to receive that, and I was able to do the same thing with her. And we had such a great day of just sitting there talking Mm -hmm. at the beach. It was beautiful, totally in control, experiencing this, talking about a lot of real shit that's, you know, she's twice divorced and her last divorce was just horrific. Mm. You know, I've had a lot of my own stuff. And we really, I mean, at the end of the day, we just felt so great and felt so great the next day. You know what I mean? And then we start, I started both times that I've done it. I've, I've had a lot of aha moments. It sort of like rewires your brain in a way where you start digging up old memories and you're like, that's why I do it. That's why. Like my parents, when I was little, used to say to me, you, you're the gimme girl. Give me this. Give me that. I want this. I want that. So at some point in my life, I stopped asking for what I wanted because I felt like I was being an imposition or I was being too high maintenance. And I didn't even realize I was doing that. I'm like, why am I not getting what I feel like I deserve? You know why? Because I wasn't asking for it because a long time ago, someone told me I was too much. I was asking for too much and not in a bad way. My parents were, were one. My dad's great. My mom was great. They were wonderful parents. They were doing it in a joking way but I'm sure it was annoying I was a a little girl that wanted everything but it stuck in my brain and I didn't have that moment until like such later in life and I was like now and now when I feel that urge to say something and my body kind of like cowers down like just you know what just do it another day you don't need it that part of my brain now is like no ask for it now and I have been able to so it's been definitely helpful for me what about have you had experiences with uh, either MDMA, psychedelics, any of that. Have you? You name it, I've done it, except for heroin. Right. Um, Molly, this is the best. So I was, I was like, I don't know, this is maybe six years ago or something, right. and I was like, all these kids are talking about Molly. I want to try it. And I was, <laughs> did, you, did you say it in that voice too? I, I did. And I <laughs> Very was Marilyn Monroe. My, of you. my, um, my, my partner in crime at the time, Ray, this adorable gay guy, this like my, 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 my husband. And um, we were at Venice Beach and we we're at the Sidewalk Cafe and we we're having drinks. And I said, I want to try it. So the power of manifestation, right? The power <laughs> of manifestation. I said, let's go, let's go find some. And so we walked to the next alley. And I said to this kid, this little hipster sitting on the ledge, I said, do you have any Molly? And he goes, yep. And 
shit, I'm going to Venice right now. So we just buy it. And it was, as you say, exquisite and pure. Thank God. Yeah. Right? Because I'm like fearless. Could have been, yeah, could have been terrible. (laughs) Could have died. (laughs) That too. Whatever. (laughs) So we did the same thing. We sat on the beach. We listened to everything from like George Michael to the Rolling Stones to whatever. And it was all, and that's the other thing music on on X is like insane. Sex on X is insane. Everything is insane. But (laughs) but we had the most insane day. It was incredibly beautiful and poignant. And you you are uncensored. You you feel able to express yourself in the most profound way without judgment. Right. I love it. I think it's a great, it's a great thing. I'm glad that it's, that and and mushrooms too i microdosed for a couple months i got you know i had a good experience with that and microdosing is now you know becoming more and more mainstream i'm sure a lot of i'm sure you know la is definitely a bubble so people you know a lot of people probably haven't heard of it but microdosing is especially good for creative people um for me it really you don't feel much of a difference when you do it except the things that normally annoy you annoy you a little bit more and it's because you're supposed to be changing them so if you've got those grooves in your brain because you've been doing something the same way every day of your life this is trying to tell you to change it change those neural pathways you know what I mean like you don't like something stop doing it that it was pointing out those things to me and it was so I, I we got a little extra agitated but I definitely felt a little bit more focused a little bit more uh, creative. Some people have a good experience with it. And I know, I believe Colorado just uh, mm-hmm. decriminalized yes. uh, mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> I get thumbs up. Yeah. And I think it's a great thing because there's a lot of studies that show doing just straight shrimp, shrimps too can kind of reset your brain about three months or something. Like sort of somebody blows the dust off a little bit. And trust me, the older you get, right? I have so much dust up here. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I swear to God, sometimes I'm holding my keys and I'm like, where did these go again? Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm like, oh my God, do I, am I, is this like early onset, like Alzheimer's or, oh, I'm just, you know, too much crap in my head. I need to like dump. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I think it's such a great it's funny because I never did X or Molly recreationally. I remember I got out of college and I, I just, that's when it w- just started becoming popular. Thank God it wasn't popular when I was in school. We just did straight Coke, <laughs> like the way you should, right? Um, but, I mean, I'm glad I didn't do it then because I just love drinking. Um, I don't even really love smoking marijuana, and I know a lot of people do. I'm just, it's never really done that much for me except make me hungry and tired, and I can do that. Right now I'm hungry and tired. Like, I don't need anything. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But I think that all of these different, you know, all of these different medicines, as they would, a lot of the, a lot of practitioners call them too, are are so helpful. Ketamine was an amazing experience as well uh, in a therapy setting. And I know that they are using it. They have clinical trials here in Los Angeles for people with extreme depression to get in. I think it's like a nasal spray, um, which is amazing. It's just amazing to see where we're going on that front. I hope it continues in that direction. I really do. I don't think big pharmaceutical companies are going to allow that to happen without trying to either get their hand in it or put a stop to it because Mm -hmm. those are all plant-based things and they want to stay with their, here's a pill, makes it all go away. Right, of synthetics. Yes, because they're saying that, like, you know, the ketamine, especially the ketamine, helps to rewire your brain Mm -hmm. so you don't suffer from depression where pharmaceuticals are like, take this to manage your depression. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
Um, pot's the only thing that turns off my visions. For real? Yeah. So if I've had an insane day of readings, I mean, I might partake. So that's really strange. Is that strange? Is that common? Is that... So, like, if you... I don't know, because I don't know, like, other psychics. I haven't asked them right. or whatever. I haven't done a study, but, like, if for me, it completely shuts down my visions. Well, when you did Molly, though, did you have visions or no? Oh, yeah. I'll read the shit out of someone. So, fuck. <laughs> on Molly. <laughs> Let's all take Let's, Molly. No, I get into it. I'm, like, re- ready to just read away. So, that's crazy. So, what do you think it is about... I think it does. A, I think it's a dulling of the senses. Maybe that's it. What about alcohol? Alcohol, I'm on fire. I'm reading everyone. Wow. Oh, yeah. I've definitely had drinks <laughs> with you. What am I talking about? Yeah. We've had drinks. I get cocky. <laughs> it's really absurd. Oh, I love it. I love you on drinks. Oh, my God. Your birthday was so much fun. Um, that's, but that is really interesting that certain things could... You oh, know, they enhance or they decrease. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. That is a very interesting thing, especially... Yeah, the the drugs that are known to light up certain parts of your brain, That I guess that would make more sense, that you would probably be more open and more receptive to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So when you say it's a blessing or a curse, what about it is, I mean, I, I think I can sense what, why it's a blessing, but why is it a curse? Like what? Um, this one is kind of weird, but it's a curse because people sometimes befriend me only because of my gift. And I see through it, and I'll still let them be my friend. But they, you know, they're like, I want to talk. And I'm like, no, you don't. You want a free reading. You want a free reading. You're so full of shit, you know? It's like, I I know the ones who are really not my friends. Right. And it's kind of depressing. That is really depressing. Yeah. I have a lot of those. Yeah. Fake friends. I could, well, we also are in Los Angeles, too. Yes. So they come whether they want a reading or not. You know right. what I mean? Right. They, I feel like a lot of people in this town just want something. Yeah. So they'll, you know, call me, but then they'll be like, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And so it's it's hurtful. I get it. Yeah. I totally understand. That. And then there's w- friends like you where it's like, you might want a little something about something. That's fine with me. But there there's ones who just completely... You know, there's a total difference. Right. Well, I'll only hit you up when you post something on Instagram where you're asking people of to course, ask the question. Of course. Then I'm like, yeah, everybody Always. definitely, and we're going to go over all your handles. And then the the other thing with the curse is, is just seeing things I don't want to see, like death or um, uh, very seldom, but I've, I've actually, you know, shook someone's hand and felt... Uh, kind of like evil or a really bad, a bad very very seldom but i've felt like a energy that was like from them worldly and it was like like almost they're... like evil like a maybe killed someone or oh my god maybe killed an animal I just got or the something I, I don't know it's terrible to say but i've felt that before well i mean here's the thing it's we've definitely all met people that when you've met them you're just like, something's not right with that person. Mm-hmm. That's not a good, like, and they come across as super nice or, or kind or you've just met them for a second. They have a look in their eye. Mm-hmm. They have like, you know, dead eyes, shark eyes. Like there's something you're like, you're, you definitely have bodies in your basement. It's it's, it's, it's energy. It's definitely energy. Totally. For sure. That's why I get so much Botox so you don't know what's going on in my face. <laughs> you can't see through the Botox. 
Heather. Yes. I'm with you. See, see, now let's talk about that. Okay. Because I always like to bring this up because my whole thing is, is like, if you, like my motto is fill it and freeze it. Like stick a lot of needles in there. I like stick it. Stick like that. But women don't like to talk about it. Especially, like the Like it makes me so angry because I, like people ask me who colors my hair because I'm not natural redhead. You guys can't see right now, but I'm redhead. But uh, it's I've been red for seven years and I give out, you know, my stylist number all the time here you should you know call her if I had fake tits I'd be like here's my surgeon or whatever if someone's like you look really great your face looks great I'll be like dude just got a, like some radius I just got some juvederm I just got some Botox like I want to share that with people yes share it's like paying it forward in a way it's like do you want to know where I go because you should totally go there and then they're like oh my god absolutely and some people look it's it might not be for you and that's totally fine too but I think there's such a bad like stigma attached to getting work done on yourself. I talk about this all the time. I can't stop talking there about it. Is, well, this is hilarious. The girl who referred me to, um, I had some fat from my chin removed under here. Okay. The girl who referred me. Was that Kaya Bella? That's no, I did Kaya Bella. I did, I did some, uh, I did the threading facelift. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So the girl who referred me said to a mutual friend, she looks like she's had work done. I'm like, bitch, you referred me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she knows. I'm she like, knows. You might know because you referred me. You re- yeah, of course. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. It's also catty and silly, right? It's catty and silly and yes. it's ridiculous. And we're all of the same age. Let's honor each other. Let's love each other. Let's help each other. Right. You know what I mean? And if you don't have anything done... I'm sorry, but you can tell it's like it's let's let's soften it it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Let's clean it up a little bit, a little bit. And and if you're proud and you don't want anything done, great. Just don't have judgment on the people that do. Yes. And don't lie about it, too. If you know what I mean, because celebrities lie about it like all day long, because if you you ask a celebrity, what is your secret? Because you look so youthful. They'll be like, I cut cinnamon out of my diet. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck, you know, I got to get rid of all the cinnamon. Is that cinnamon? Get it away from me. You know, I mean like that's not it's unrealistic expectations no you know I'll I mean? say everything I've had done you oh, know? me too I always do and it's 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 silly I had a boyfriend however who was completely psychotic and he wanted me to get everything done he was like obsessed with plastic surgery he was a wealthy man and he took me to a his surgeon and right. had the surgeon scan me and say like you need your nose done your eye lift this that the other I, and boobs big giant fake boobs and all this stuff and i was like okay you're psychotic and i gotta go you yeah. know it's like we like the little tweaks yes we like the little tweaks we like to look like ourselves just you know what i mean just maintaining it i think People out there, if you're considering getting work done, definitely, first of all, ask someone you trust that's had any work done where they go. Talk to a couple of people because I've definitely, I've gone to people that I, I regret going to. And then I've gone to people that, this one woman in the valley, mm-hmm. Lilith, is amazing. <gasps> Lilith! Yes, Lilith that's is amazing. That's my girl. She's amazing. And she has a lot of comedians. And that's, I make a lot of facial expressions on stage. I'm constantly moving my face. My face can't be frozen, but I, I, 
I also want it to look good. You know what I mean? So she sort of knows how to do that. You know what I mean? Well, I don't go to her right now. I'm not going to her because when when I started working on the show, she couldn't do weekends. Incredible. So now I go to uh, Dr. Amy Sue in Beverly Hills, and I also do Blue Medi Spa in the Valley. If anyone's out in California, because they're open seven days a week, and they're great, and they were voted number one in the country, and they're really good at Botox. So I do all my Botox there. Um, But I mean, it's you definitely have. Like, just don't be like, I'm getting it done and just, like, get a group on and just fucking stick Botox in your head. Like, at least ask one other person where they go. Someone that you're like, oh, you look really good. Ask them what they do. You know yes. what I mean? And, and if they and don't Lilith answer you. And Lilith is at Butex uh, Cosmetic yes. Center. We love, uh, we love Lilith. And I think everybody at that center is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just such a so hard. It was so hard to get an appointment with her. And, you know, when mama needs her work done, she needs her work done. <laughs> I also get Botox on my cat, people, because he needs to look good. I'm just oh. kidding. I'm just kidding. Could you imagine? People get it in their armpits. My brother, so yeah, but that's sweat. for sweating. They get it for migraines. My brother's going through some health issues. He's okay, but he's getting Botox. He gets like 200 units of Botox in his arm and his leg to help with the muscle. He's doing physical therapy, and they've been using it now to relax the muscles that are overworking so that the muscles that aren't can build up strength. So when my dad told me this, that he was getting 200 units of Botox, like covered by insurance because it's medical, I, my first thought was, can he write me a prescription too? And then my second question, um, well, statement was, well, now great, because now both of your children are filled with Botox. And my dad was horrified. He was like, no. Do, are you, so do you think I look this good just because, like, from your genetics? He was like, yeah. Like, you truly thought, like, I was like, take a look in the mirror, Dad. Sorry, Dad. But you could use some Botox. Um <laughs> Kidding. Not enough Botox for my dad. Oh my God, my dad. I don't think my he's dad a handsome cares. Man, I don't think guys. I, I mean, he's I know got crevices. I know guys that care and guys that don't care. But um, all right, so we're wrapping up. Please, yes. let's like tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram uh, at Heather Psychic mm-hmm. or HeatherAuble.com. A U B L E. She's amazing follower. I love your stories. You have like cards. You're amazing. Cards of the day are my favorite thing. You know what I mean? And they usually come right when you need them. Just uh, words of inspiration. I mean, they're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. You're amazing. Um, My name is Jody Miller. You can find me at Jody Miller Comic on everything. This is Don't Call Me Ma'am and don't fucking ever call me ma'am. Me neither. This has been a Global Story Network production.